All right. Welcome in, everyone. Ryan Ripken Show, episode 54, I think, is what we decided because we haven't been counting the special shows as episodes. But welcome back in. Happy Monday. Super Bowl. I feel like every Monday after the Super Bowl is just a hangover as it is. Like, not, I didn't even have anything to drink last night, but I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But we're here to do the show because that's what we do, guys. So let's go around and who's in studio with us tonight. From right to left, Zach is here. Zach, yeah. how are we doing? I think it is just kind of like an inner, it's like a mental hangover. Like you understand football's done. Like we had the peak last night of like, we know the Super Bowl champion. And now it's like a wake up and you're like, now what? It's like uh, you ever binged on something and then you get to the end and you feel like your life is over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I think it should be a national holiday. Monday after the Super Bowl. Yeah, it should get, be. get that a yeah. national they, holiday. They yeah. keep talking about it. They just need to do it. They yep. do. I mean, I feel like, isn't it the day that most Americans call in, like, you know, call in sick or take the day off? It's it's all number in the millions, right? And quite frankly, I felt like doing that, especially Ollie this morning. I was telling Brad, Ollie wasn't feeling good this morning. It's my pup. And uh, he he let it know early and often he was yakking it up. Uh, But he's good now. I think he was maybe disgusted that the Ravens weren't in the Super Bowl as well. Like, I think that's why the Chiefs won for the third time in, what, five years now is a dynasty. We'll get into the Chiefs 49ers, the game itself. And if you're new to the channel here, Ryan Ripken Show, we do it Mondays and Thursdays, and we have some special shows like we did last Saturday. We had Cedric Mullins on. So baseball season's here, guys. We're gonna oh, yeah. He's a good kid. Very good, good kid. Hey, by the way, can you pull your mic down? Would you like that? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's in. There we go. Is that better? Uh-huh. Oh, what? Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> no, there you go. That's not good. Is- um why is it why is it so springy i don't know it just i bring it out is this better it's better yeah, it's yeah. good yeah it's okay. yeah it blends in with your shirt yeah kind of kind of anyway uh let's talk a little bit about the super bowl sunday in general right like the game itself okay let's not actually talk about the game specifically what happened but the event itself how are we feeling because i kind of thought the first half was pretty boring yeah, overall it was a clunker and then usher came on shirt came off everything yeah he rollerbladed, bro. All the, no offense, yeah. The Gen Zers, I saw, were like mad about it. Yeah, I was like, I the fuck, I don't get that. I saw a tweet. What when, are you talking when, about? When they were doing, yeah, I saw a tweet, and the, the guy, someone circled Lil John and goes, "Who, who is this guy?" No, it, oh, yes, no, yes, no. It, yes. Oh, no. it was, it was disgusting. That that kid was uncultured, yeah. to be honest. I think, like when I grew up, I grew up learning all different types of music and appreciated all of it so it's just weird that like and i don't know zach i mean this you're in that kind of sort of in between yeah. generation i mean i thought of, it was a great show it, yeah i thought it was awesome yeah i, I didn't think great. i think there are just people who it wasn't love to complain yeah exactly I, I will say though when the uh the one dancer fell off the pole and like they had to cut away from it uh that was I saw the clip. The guy Did they fall off because like they were all coming down at the same time. Uh, I was no, trying to she, figure that yeah, out. Yeah, no, she she fell very aggressively and was trying to grab the pole back. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, I saw were, the one guy got flung up in the air. Did you see wild. that? Yes. The guy got flung that in was the incredible. air. <laughs> I thought it was good. I mean, not necessarily Prince's level or my yeah. bias, which is Beyonce and Destiny's Child, because I was there. They, the, I was a part of that in the crowd. They gave us little little like finger lights, and then for the single ladies, you go one, two. One, two, three. Did you One, sit up there? Two. Oh yeah. Oh, I was. Oh yeah. Oh, Did you yeah. do the dance? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was. I was all. I was all a part oh, of it. Oh, I, oh. I. Beyonce had had the spotlight, but I, I was. I was secondary. <laughs> I, I was. So I just. It yeah, was Destiny's ahead. Child. 
Like Beyonce was there, but Destiny's Child was awesome. I feel like that always gets you overshadowed. Well, yeah. I'll say who was really there. It was Usher for the most part, right? I mean, he did yes. have Alicia Keys. Uh, he did have Ludacris and Little John, and her was on the uh, guitar, you know, rocking yeah. out. Yeah. But Usher literally was doing it all. I was so in my feels, guys. I don't think people understand how much of an R&B baby I was growing up. Like, in that Confessions Part uh, 2. Confessions, yeah. Burn, mm -hmm. you got it bad. I, I was grooving. And, like, yeah, I, I think, I don't, were we talking about before? If yeah was was created now, mm -hmm. everybody, that still would be, would the be hit. a hit. Oh, be yeah. the hit. Still would be a hit. Yeah, I think it, it would have yeah, like, insane amount of, sh it would have broken uh, streaming like that was Spotify. like the early 2000 clip like low by flow rider like yeah. if those are all if those were put out today everybody would be grouped like take take 100%. that and rewind it back little john got a beat to oh make yeah your booty go <laughs> so <laughs> that was the whitest shit i've ever seen that's that is the song it's literally lie. what he does i know but your delivery <laughs> and your execution on that was not great he was oh, don't, yeah, yeah. don't try to you want to talk that. to me about about uh no uh, i'm not even going to attempt it because i know that i can't it's self-awareness. I don't give a shit. I'm out there. That's I that's 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 my genre, the generation. And I love it. I embrace it. It's great. Um, and I thought that that was a lot of fun. I was really impressed though that he was rollerblading too. Yeah. Oh I, no, it was it was roller skates, and they were all roller skating. Mm -hmm. That was incredible. And yeah. uh like sometimes you kind of wonder if somebody is lip syncing through their performance. Mm -hmm. No doubt in my mind that he was not. No, and, he wasn't. And he was sweating his ass off. Like, it was a great show. Yeah. Well, he literally took his shirt off. Yeah. And again, I, I mean, I was looking there. I'm like, Jamie, look away. Like, Usher looks good still at, like, whatever, <laughs> however old he 40. is. He's like 41, he's, 42. He's crushing it. Yeah. I will say, underrated moment that's not being talked about enough. Usher was off the screen for, I kid you not, like 23 seconds and came back in a totally yeah. different, like, not even like, oh, he added a jacket or so, like, Everything was that, complete. That, that was, was that impressive. was producer because you had Lil John in the crowd yep. with the uh was it turbulence? Am I what what's what song was it? The shots? Yes, yes, yes. yes. He did shots. Ever heard of it, and, Kevin? Yeah, oh, I can't remember what it was. There was so much going on. But he did shots and then that's when Usher changed. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Into crafted. the dodgeball uniform. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he also there was a point where he was off for even less time and he was out of the roller skates yeah. and into like tennis shoes i was like this this had to be just seconds everything timed out like the yeah. amount of practice that it takes to know that you have like four seconds to get out of those and into that and then over to such insane that that like that's the hard-hitting questions that i want to know is like how many times was that practice that you just <sighs> executed because yeah. i can't get out of my bed sometimes quick enough and in, in, in that amount of time yeah and usher is changing on where everyone's watching him. it was electric uh i saw a couple comments here and i just wanted to we appreciate the comments here yeah. love you guys you're a be more through and through thanks ryan for setting this channel with love hey thank you very much thank here. you thank you thank you thank you we tried oh, brad no clap i'm i'm writing a poll oh okay. i'm working but yes thank you there we go we appreciate it and from steven love the show can't wait for baseball season with steven we can't wait either. And Brad, good, or is that good for you? Whoop. So the reason why we appreciate that, and we got a lot uh, that's going to be coming up here for the spring, right? And we will dive into baseball season because it's officially now baseball season that the Super Bowl is over. Football is done. It's a sad day, but it's going to be a great day. Spring training's right around the corner here this week. It's starting up. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. But let's actually talk about the game for a second. Mm -hmm. now. We talked about how electric Usher was. 
We didn't talk as much about the commercials, which again, to be honest, was probably average. There was nothing that really like stuck out besides Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't say neighbor. And that was, the, that was the, a great the, one. The Temu commercials got excessive. So annoying. Ex- it, to, it was five or six. Jesus. Throughout the, the, some, I saw someone called it the Temu Bowl. You know yeah. why? Because like, this isn't, I mean, it, it was just the, the roots, roots of Timu, I believe, is of Asian culture, correct? Yeah. I just don't think that it translated over into American culture. It was just like a, not a... Yeah, I don't know. They bought a lot nobody of... Nobody made connections with that. Yeah, they bought a lot of spots for... Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess we'll yeah. find out how well... What, is, it, is it Korean? Is it Korean like uh, nah, like Amazon? No is that what it is? Like Korean, yeah. Chinese it's, Amazon, something like that? Well, there was a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, and... I will say I did like the Dunkin' Donuts with Ben Affleck that and was, Matt, yeah. Matt Damon. That, that, was, that, that nerds commercial at the very beginning. So like there right. were some good ones. You know what I missed though? Like they don't make them like they used to. Like the avocados from Mexico commercials used yeah. to be yes. absolute chaos. Yeah. And I was waiting for it. Yeah, and well, it just didn't happen. My favorite, the Doritos ones were were good. The one where it's like you don't slap my mama and don't touch my Doritos or something. That yeah. one was good. Yeah. Oh yeah, that I was a good one. one. What was the other? Uh, oh, the uh, the Paramount Plus commercial was by far my favorite one of the whole night. Oh, hey Arnold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jean Luc Picard grabbing Hey Arnold and tossing mm. him. Yeah, that was a, that was a great one. <laughs> Sin- you, cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so that was a, that was incredible. So there it was. But how about okay, the game? That the game was boring for the first half. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about uh, it. Unless you're a defensive coordinator. Unless you yeah. unless you like good defense, or as Andy Reid said, he, you know, how about the D? That's and that's a meme around <laughs> everywhere right now for a lot of different reasons. Oh, Brent, hold on, Brandon Deets. This was also a good one too. Christopher Walken. Agreed. That was, was. A, that was oh, a great. Yeah. That was yeah. a great commercial too. It mm. was. You know what? So like maybe there were a few more. I guess I just always like the. Yes, yeah, maybe it's nostalgia, but I thought that back in the day there just was Uh, some absolutely electric commercials. But the game itself, defensive battle, we kind of felt that the Chiefs were going to win the game. Their defense was going to be a big reason. They played well. The Niners' front seven was dominating the first half of the game. But I don't know about you guys and Brad. We talked about this before coming on. I just felt the the more the game went on, the closer this game still was. And even though the Chiefs could do nothing, and Travis Kelsey – was doing more damage to his head coach than he was to the 49ers in the first half. How are we feeling about that? Well, we'll get into that in a okay. second. All right. But besides that, it just felt like to me, the Chiefs, this is a game the Chiefs are going to win. It just felt like you can't put them away. You're not putting them away. And all of a sudden, the second half heated up, and it turned mm-hmm. out to be one of the most entertaining Super Bowls, especially how it finished up. Yeah, for me, I don't think so. – I like – I, I hear what you're saying. It didn't start to become, uh, like, evident to me that the Chiefs were going to win this game until Dre Greenlaw went out. Because, oh, and, and tough. Talk about a bad break, by the way. That was terrible. For those catastrophic who didn't, break. For those who didn't Travis Kelsey, I think, had five yards the whole the whole game, and then he went out, and then that's when Travis Kelsey was let loose and went mm. off. And and like that, that's what like crushes like that that shit hurts for me for him like that was a moment he's been waiting for he's excited and he's just he wasn't even doing anything for those for those that didn't see the play Dre Greenlaw was getting ready to come on the field he was pumped up psyched and he started to make a move and his Achilles right just just coming off the sideline just gave out he was going on to the field yeah going on the field yeah yeah Yeah, it was on after a punt right and uh you hate it for that but it did change the game with him coming off the field he 100 if Dre Greenlaw was still out there I do believe the 49ers would have won that game and it could have. It could have been actually Dan Orlovsky was breaking down when they did more motion in the second half. It was confusing some of the 
coverages for the San Francisco 49ers, especially with Greenlaw out. And they they found a way. The muff punt for me with the Chiefs that or the the 49ers, that was kind of the the turning point where points started to happen yeah. more yeah. and more. The but, special teams, well, it felt like that was. I mean, the Jake Moody had the extra point blocked when he really didn't have to. Th- he didn't have to kick it that low. That was on yeah. him. And then the punt where Rich, who not Richie James, Raymond Ray McLeod did the right thing yeah. because it had hit. Um, yeah, I don't remember who it was, but it had hit one of his teammates. He did what he had to do. He got a lot of flack for that, but it wasn't his fault. Yeah, it wasn't on him. But. The Chiefs are just the team. We saw it against Baltimore, too, where they're, they'll wait around and they'll hang around and you're not going to capitalize on your opportunities. And then they're going to see a mistake and they're going to take advantage. And that's how they win these games. So the 49ers, I mean, look, they're driving down the field on mm-hmm. that first possession. McCaffrey fumbles the ball and it kills a lot. Imagine what happens if the 49ers go up and then McCaffrey, whoever, the 49ers score on that opening possession. Yep. We could have seen a much different football game. But 49ers, I mean, it's like we're talking about the Ravens. They beat themselves in some aspects, but... I mean, you got to give credit to the Chiefs. Well, too. They about, did their job. And how about this? The Chiefs, Zach, mm-hmm. it was after the McCaffrey fumble, I even said out loud, I'm like, oh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl already. Like, just jokingly. But then Pacheco fumbles mm-hmm. in the red zone. Yeah. And then to open the second half, I'm like, the Chiefs are going to hit him in the mouth. Mahomes throws a pick. Right. And then you're sitting there like, what the hell is happening? But you know what? You know what? Defense made another stop. The Chiefs forced the stop right there. And you know what? Credit to Steve Spagnolo. Yeah. Zach, like that dude, it's a, he's the first coordinator, I think, offensive yeah. or defensive, that have won, what, four now, Zach? Yeah, it's up to four. And it really was one of those moments just all last night where, you know, you had the Pacheco fumbles in the red zone. Then you also had the Mahomes uh, interception where there were these moments where you sat there and you're like, the 49ers have to start capitalizing on this. Or it did, Brad, like you, we talked about before. Once it started to get to that fourth quarter and the 49ers couldn't put the game away, yep. you were like, this is way too close of striking distance for Mahomes. And you just had that feeling that if it was within one score and Mahomes got the football. With two minutes left. Yeah, it was, it was good. And that, I will say, that field goal at the end by Moody, that it was what was the final one? It was over 50 yards, correct? Yeah. The uh well, there's one two d- he had two over 50. Yeah. Two, so two the f- one that he hit to uh I guess give them the lead with like a minute left. Yeah. Was that's if he misses that, I mean, it's obviously the ball's on the 50, it's game over. I was actually almost surprised that they sent him out there so quickly because it was like they threw an incompletion and they were like, okay. He's going out there. I thought yeah. there was going to be some more discussion on what to do because it was yeah. – if he misses that, it just felt like the game was over. It well, already did feel was, like a field goal the game was over. There was two field goal records that were set. Yeah, Moody like set the first five one. minutes, yeah. Yeah, and then Bunker <laughs> sets the next, very next one, 55, 57 yeah, that, yards. That was very crazy. good tweet oh, by Zach, you. by the way, the Aaron Rodgers. That was so mind-boggling to me. Like, they yeah. kept saying – and then, obviously, 55 yards, I guess – hasn't been as regular, you know, before the past like 10 years because I felt like before it was, yeah. if you hit a 50 yarder, that was a big deal. Yeah, that was a big deal. Now, if you can't hit from 57 consistently, teams are like, are you a liability for us? Right. right. And I think us as Ravens fans and watching Justin Tucker for so many years, we're just so numb to it now. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. the, some of the 60 plusers oh, that no we see doubt. from him, right? I think it's such a luxury to have a kicker like that. And I will. Probably I will be a wreck the day Justin Tucker retires. Hopefully not for another ten plus yeah. years, but fifty plus yards now. That's the way the game is going. Well, yeah. And how about um, 
Budker hitting that 57 yarder. It was a line, line drive. drive. That oh, yeah. was so that was off. That was like his his driver. He hit that. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> I was sitting there and literally I said out loud, I was like, is that even because it didn't look it, obviously it wasn't blocked, but it hit his foot and I was like, I think what he, was he, that? he put it between. Yeah. He put it between two 49ers. So if it had been a little to the left or a little to the right, I think a Niner would have hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, by the way, because I remember this when the Ravens played in Vegas uh, to open the season up, what, two years ago, yes. three years ago now. I remember Carlson drilling a, a ball from deep, like playing in a dome in Vegas. Like that's ideal, especially in the Super Bowl. The conditions, you know what you got. Everything is. You don't have to worry about the other elements, right? So yeah. you felt that you could take out that equation. It just got to be, could you control your nerves? And for those kickers in those distances, they drilled them, which yeah. was yeah. great. And I want to do this context of this to start the game, because I had this pulled up for drives. This is the context of the game. Fumble, punt, 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 field goal, fumble, punt, punt. To end the game, that was all in the first half. To end the game, Chiefs touchdown, Niners touchdown, Chiefs field goal, Niners field goal, Chiefs field goal, the knee to end the second half, field goal by the Niners, and Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown to win the game. Uh, but to go to it, I, I want to point this out. I thought Brock Purdy overall played solidly. I think that he was very commendable. I, I There was nothing that deterred me away from his season at all. I think for me in the big moments, guys over and over again, Patrick Mahomes, you can say what you want. Ball in his hand in the tough moments. Fourth and one, they just execute. That fourth and one play that they ran in overtime. No, so good. Like They just said, Patrick, we're going to draw up a great play. You make the read. And Patrick Mahomes, to me, outside of Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes actually scrambles at the most meaningful times I've ever seen outside of Lamar Jackson. Like Patrick, as soon as he recognizes, he goes and his legs in those situations set up their final drive and then obviously Miko Hardman that didn't even know they won the Super yeah. Bowl. Did you hear that? Did you see that? He he's like, Yeah, I blacked out. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. You just you just caught the game winning touchdown pass and you didn't know the game was over. Well, and it's so funny because but I we've I think we've talked about it on yeah. the show, the clip of him on the Jets and mm -hmm. him, you know, with the magician who I think he got, he's been to the Ravens. He goes to a lot of locker rooms and does stuff. Yeah. But he said to Nicole Hardman, you know, what's the I don't think it was the exact score, but he said, oh, you're going to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And obviously, if you're a Jets fan listening to that in August, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. But he was right. McCole Hartman played against the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and he was on the winning side. Juwan, and made two Juwan, big plays. Juwan Jennings had a perfect passer rating. I, Ju Juwan I, Jennings I is who I felt. That, I that's who I felt the worst <laughs> for. Yeah. When the Chiefs won, because Jawan Jennings would have won Super Bowl. Did you Did you see what he said yeah. after the game? No. He what? someone asked him how bad it hurt, and he said, "Does anybody have a nail around here so the so this guy can step on it about that much?" Oh, yeah. I so. mean, the thing was too; he probably would have won Super Bowl MVP. He would have, and also, especially, and we we might as well just play the play because it was a huge play in overtime. Brock Purdy was looking for Jawan Jennings in that overtime period. He was open, by the way, but the problem was that Chris Jones was wide open going to Brock Purdy in, in the in overtime period, right? Am yeah, I this, the, well, it was Ayuk who was open. So what oh, happened, and, and we'll, we can we can play the play, oh, but yeah, what happened was Spagnolo put everybody up the line, and he sent everyone. And what happens at the top, you can see if, on, you know, if we slow it down, Legereus Need at the top slips on the route. So Ayuk is wide open going to the end zone. But what happens is the right tackle 
They they chip Karloftis with the tight end, and the right tackle goes to Karloftis, mm-hmm. leaving Jones practically wide open just to rush Purdy. And Nick Bolton also followed him, so two guys would have gotten to him. You can't leave Chris Jones unblocked in the biggest moment of the game here. So obviously with the new overtime rules, 49ers score here. The Chiefs will get the ball back to, again, have the chance yeah, to right tie there. it. But, yeah, but right there at the top of your screen, there is where yeah, he's, he's wide open. Ayuk's wide open, but even for the guy that he was throwing to, Jennings came free too. So there's a yeah. chance Jennings could have caught that and scored as well. And, and Kittle's breaking time. across the middle if you see yeah. up top. Kittle. Chris Jones wrecked that that whole. Well, it's not game. even Chris Jones after the game said he was like, I literally like they snapped the ball and no one touched him, and he uh, I forget who he told to uh, what analyst, but he was like, I almost thought like this is a joke. Like he was like, what? The, he, I thought it was gonna, you know, if I'm not touched like that, in a he big thought it was moment, a screen. I thought it was gonna be screen. Right? Yeah, he <laughs> said he was like, I just they snapped it, and no one touched me, and I just kept running at the quarterback, thinking like, there's no way this has just happened. Like, what did they just do? Well, can we all agree though, Chris Jones? Aren't thank God for Chiefs fans and the Chiefs that he ended his holdout and came back. Yeah. I don't think there's a more impactful player on their defensive side of the ball than Chris Jones, and it's mm. not even like, oh well, he'll show up. Just like Patrick Mahomes, it felt like in every big game, Chris Jones was there. Whether yeah. he was, whether he was unblocked or not, his presence was constantly felt. And I mean, look, he's the he's the heartbeat of that defense, and he was worth every single penny to that team. And he deserves just as much credit for what's been happening on that defensive side. You know what I found interesting then was Chris Jones' comments after the game when he talked about they just beat the 49ers, right? The team that came out of the NFC, but his comments weren't that that the 49ers were the team to beat. Guys, he said something differently, and it was about the time that they came to Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, so let's play that real quickly. You have so much confidence in this defense and in the defensive play caller in Spags. Um, just the journey we've had to take, the adversity we had to face. I think we faced the best team in the league in Baltimore Ravens, hands down, and the journey we had to take, whether it's um, – be one of the most pro- prolific offenses in the game in um, our first game, Miami Dolphins. And then going to a Buffalo team who was steamrolling people and um, defeating them at home. And also going to Baltimore Ravens, which is a tough environment. MVP, Lamar Jackson, and that defense, man. And we was able to overcome them obstacles. We wasn't being defeated here. Well, it, I don't know if that makes Ravens fans feel better, but obviously no. the respect <laughs> from one of the best players in the game of going – we thought we beat the best team in the league, and the Ravens were the best team in the league. And their defense, th- this was – it's fair to say, guys, we thought that this Chiefs overall team was their weakest in winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But this defensive performance with Spagnolo just conducting all of it, that's the biggest reason. Their defense making plays, and then Patrick Mahomes – doing yeah. Patrick Mahomes things and the Chiefs now have won their third Super Bowl in the last five. Years. Yeah, I think the Chiefs literally it's you know, it's weird to think that Patrick Mahomes wasn't the focal point of them winning a Super Bowl, but in a lot of ways he wasn't the most I don't want it's it's weird to say Patrick Mahomes wasn't the most important part to a Super Bowl team, but they knew that with the way that defense was playing especially in the playoffs, they just had to keep teams close. They knew that as long as they didn't turn this into a shootout and if they could just sit there and make it a one-possession game going into the final half of the fourth, they knew Patrick Mahomes was going to go out there and win that game 99 times out of 100. So really for the defense, you know, we talked about guys like Chris Jones, LeJerry Sneed, 
uh, Trent McDuffie, they had so many great players out there. And really their job was just, if we can keep these teams to, you know, under 25 points, we're going to win, you know, majority of these games. Yeah. And by the way, though, Patrick Mahomes did almost have 400 total yards yeah. in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Incredible is the leading rusher. He had some great rushes. Yeah. He, I mean, stud, right? But mm -hmm. guys, I mean, is it, we know dynasty and all that. Mm -hmm. um, it is interesting, though. The On the other side, Travis Kelsey had a huge second half. We talked about Dre Greenlaw um, going down. And the Chiefs are taking on that villain role. I, I, I appreciate greatness. So for Patrick Mahomes, but I know, Brad, Kelsey's been rubbing you more the wrong way. You're not the only one where it's been rubbing the wrong way on how and things sex. have gone. Yeah. But that's the thing is when they if they continue to win – there's not much you can say because they're getting the job done and and a lot of teams aren't. Yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, I was actually looking to see when when some of the other great tight ends retired. Obviously, how old is, is Gronk? Is he's the same age as Travis Kelsey? Yeah, they are very similar in age. Yeah. Probably. I think Antonio Gates, by the way, also how did Antonio Gates not make the Hall of Fame? Yeah. That that was that was crazy. Make it make sense. Yeah. Should have been a first battle. Second greatest, uh, uh, right below Tony Gonzalez, as far as great tight ends are concerned. Mm -hmm. And he did, wasn't a first battle Hall of Famer. It's what crazy. are we even doing? How does that make any sense at all? And why is more people not outraged by it? Was he a, like not a great guy off the field or something? Like what happened? Like, I know one guy was outraged by it. Was, that's Sean Merriman. He was not happy about. Yeah, that. it makes no sense. We need to have him back on so we yeah, can talk, talk about that. Talk about that because I mean, like. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't understand either. Antonio Gates, if he's not in next year, I don't know what to say to people. He is one of the best tight ends statistically across the board. If you watched him, I test. He he checked all the boxes, right? Travis Kelsey, though, is checking those boxes now. He he just broke, what, the receptions uh, record in postseason history. Did I read that right? Yes. So pa Travis Kelsey, great second half. He had some big plays, that 20-some-yard uh, gain, uh, with under 30 seconds to go, uh, beat Fred Werner on a on a cross route, yeah. Yeah. set up the field goal to go to overtime. Kelsey did his thing in the second half, but a lot of attention obviously was on that bump with Andy Reid. He almost knocked Andy Reid on his ass on that play. Yeah. Uh, but all's all's forgiven because you won the game. And uh, yeah, I think that would have been a much bigger story if they lose. If they lose, I think that's getting getting talked about a lot right now. But yeah, because that's not the first time. To, um, uh, it's not the first time Travis Kelsey did that to Andy Reid. And Andy Reid, you know, yeah, get, you know, they had words about that whole thing about him throwing his helmet and everything. That was uh, the Raiders. No, the Bills game. Yeah, Bills game uh, earlier this season. Kelsey flew off the handle, and Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy Reid was one that bumped him. Yeah, that was when. Uh, yeah, so it seems like those two, I mean, winning, when, when you win, everything. yeah, winning I was going to say everything. winning cures everything, but it did feel like when things weren't going well in Kansas City, well, I mean, it was the first half of the Super Bowl, you were doing pretty well for yourself, but, yeah, yeah. you know, they did, it did seem like those two would uh, definitely get in, get at each other, but that's just sometimes the relationship between players and coaches, as I'm sure you can talk more about, Ryan, you know, guys just, you know, handle situations differently with oh, yeah. each other oh yeah i mean it, tempers are gonna rise but you yeah. got to have the stones to bump your coach yeah. Then, yeah but you also have to be really good to do that too where it's other guys they do that be like are who the hell do you think you are yeah. you're done mm -hmm. but, but what would have happened had had, had uh andy Reid like actually fallen to the ground they would have had to help him back up i know that 
Yeah. I feel like it would have been a much bigger deal had he like actually fallen to the ground. If he had fallen yeah. to the ground and got hurt, yeah, yeah. would have been a, a totally different storyline with it, but he didn't. Yeah. And he, he's he's a beast. And Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I know that people look at this and go, well, look at what the Chiefs are doing and why aren't the Ravens doing it? That's where it always goes back to, right? Uh -huh. It's why aren't the Ravens doing it? Can we just give Andy Reid credit? All the years in Philadelphia, yeah. all the times going to the conference championship, went to the Super Bowl, they didn't win. And everyone labeled Andy Reid as a guy that couldn't win the big game, Yep. right? And then all of a sudden you get Patrick Mahomes, obviously, stud mm -hmm. quarterback. The scheme's good. Mahomes elevated. But it just proves to you Andy Reid's one of the best coaches in NFL history. Yeah. And the only two coaches now that have won three Super Bowls over a, a span of games and gone back-to-back is Andy Reid and Bill Belichick in the last two decades. So yep. we're seeing greatness with that. But look at the other coaches. You want to go around the league for everyone that complains about stuff with the Ravens. I mean, come on. It, things need The Ravens are trying to get over the hump, but they're also one of the few teams that have won two Super Bowls in the last 20-some years. So I digress with that. Just wanted to add this, too. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was interviewed, and he was already talking about a three-peat and like they want to get back here. I don't think that happens next year. And look, I may be overreacting. It's overreaction Monday, but the AFC West is going to be a whole different division next season, and it ain't going to be easy for anybody. Jim Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton versus uh, Andy Reid, and and look, the, the the Raiders are no joke either. I think that that defense is starting to really. They were trying to figure some things out last last year too. The AFC West could be a tough division. And I don't know if it's if it's going to be that easy for uh, for the Chiefs to uh, even make the playoffs next season. You see, I, uh, I agree with everything that you said, but I've been burned by the AFC West for like the last three years, where yeah. I'm like, they're going to be the best division in football this year, and then they're just it's the Chiefs. But I wasn't <laughs> as convinced of that up until you know the the changes that we saw this this season, especially with the with the Raiders and and now with with the Chargers actually having a legitimate coach that can mm -hmm. that we know has changed shitty organizations and turned them around 180 degrees over a course of just one season. I think it's interesting too about there were reports that oh Denver has to figure out what to do what to do with Russell Wilson. I'm like there's what's the chance Russell Wilson actually returns there not, after everything that happened? No 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 way, but I think with the Raiders they they needed a coach and I think Antonio Pierce is is the guy. I mean, he's yeah. the guy that turned them around. I mean, I'm I'm not a very big Josh McDaniels guy, so I was, you know, I was fine to Nobody see is. that happen. So, but Pierce galvanized them at the end of the season. Yeah. And I know, you know, in talking with Sean and what happened, how they just went out there and whooped the Chargers. And what was it, 63 to 20 or something? Yeah. I, if they let Antonio Pierce walk out of the building, it would have been now the quarterback situation is going to be one that I'm monitoring in the yeah, offseason. I'm, I'm still, I'm still the Chiefs. I am not doubting them at all until sure. the point, but I do think, and I'm, I want the Chargers and I expect the Chargers to be good. I want the AFC West to be competitive more so because it's just good for the game. We know how the AFC North is. Why don't we have that just be more out West? Why don't they just kill each other so we can just feel <laughs> like it's a little bit better? But the Ravens are going to get a crack at the Chargers next year, the Chiefs yep. next year. All and the AFC West. And who knows? It could end up being that the first game could be Baltimore going to Kansas City yep. to open up the season. So we'll find mm -hmm. out there. Um, any closing remarks here? Do we just want to move on or we want to just comment that J.J. Watt's hair was phenomenal? It was. It was, on how it, you wanna... it was noticed. I. There <laughs> was certainly noticed. Uh, yeah, I guess Super Bowl is where you try out everything you know the yeah. trick plays come out we had wide receivers throwing touchdowns and we had 
this. We had JJ Watts hair, uh, I guess debut a little bit. A little bit of a debut on Super Bowl? Yeah, let's take a look at this. Tweets I've ever seen from somebody. One of the most self-aware tweets from somebody who <laughs> yeah. is at a superstardom level. You ever change up your hair and wonder if anybody will notice? Uh, they notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the entire internet noticed. He had a little bit of this going on whenever he joined us. He did. He did. On Wednesday. Yeah. Not to the max no, that it was. we went out hold him. Yeah, he, he had like, that's like a sloppy spike. You know, a lot of whites who have a lot of calyx have done this with their hair for a long time. The boy bands obviously had a lot of guys that had this type of hairstyle. It, it, there is a ratio, though, of hair down, hair spike. <laughs> hair down, hair spike. A lot of people are thinking too much spike, not enough hair down mm -hmm. for old guy who sticks his finger in an electric socket, right. is what they're saying about this guy. Yeah. So I, I want JJ to know you're still <laughs> handsome, you're still bigger, stronger, and better than all these people that are burying you, but I appreciate the self-awareness out of the JJ Watt. Yeah, I mean, you let the guy live, okay? His soccer team is one of the worst teams in the whole country of England, okay? He wants to switch up his hairstyle, maybe make him a little so, happier. Let him do it, okay? And you mentioned at the end, say it to his face. You think he looks like a big dumb dipshit, and you think he lo it's the worst haircut of all time? <laughs> Say that to his face. I love it. I, 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 I absolutely love it. And we talked about boy bands, and then Brandon, you brought this up. JJ looking like a Backstreet Boy. What's wrong? Bring boy bands back. Make boy bands great again with this. Like honestly, and and JJ Watts, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like say it to his face. If you're really like, yeah. you look stupid. <laughs> you're gonna was, get your ass. I will say whooped. though, it was so funny because as soon as he came on the television i was sitting there watching i was like jj watt looks so different for yeah. some reason and then like i don't know if they like zoomed in some but i was like his hair's gotta be different like i can't be the only one noticing so i went on twitter and look up jj watt and it was like trending it was like what is jj watt doing with his hair and then during the super bowl that's when jj got on his phone and uh tweeted out have you ever wondered if uh anyone notices you change your hair they do I, I love it. I mean, like, I didn't think it looked bad. If people didn't make such a big deal about it, I just wouldn't have noticed or like wouldn't have even said much. Be like, oh, yeah. JJ changed it. Sick. Awesome. Good for you. But the internet uh, never sleeps. The internet knows all, guys. Whether it's true or not, they have everything on you. Uh, but JJ Watt, love that he's able to reflect on it. That's why a lot of people love JJ yeah. Watt is because he's able to talk about it. You gotta laugh that off. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, you you debut a hairstyle at the Super Bowl and people start, and you start trending on Twitter. You just gotta laugh that so off. So should oh, yeah. so should we try to pull off that look? Exactly. Oh, I, oh, I'm, 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 I'm shaving next week so we can see everything. Oh, what? That, that, I'm shaving my my everything. I'm going no facial hair. You're not, again. You're not doing the Orlando Bloom thing anymore. Oh, what? Well, you that's, that's 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 the that's the hair the facial oh, hair. Oh no, stuff. yeah, we're you got the what what's the, what the fuck's his name? Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Yeah, no, no, no. On the on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, he's got the. Are you got, talking about like Jack Sparrow, or are you talking no, about no. who Orlando oh, Bloom Jack. plays? Yeah. What? Yeah. What is it? Uh, oh man, I don't know. I haven't seen. This is bad because I I've seen that movie a lot. I actually went to one of the premieres one time at Disney. Time. That was electric. What the hell is his name? That's gonna drive me crazy. Well, yes. Yeah, so his, his on dad was, Bootstrap his, Bill. His, was dad his dad was Bootstrap Bill. Yep. Can someone help us well, out um, here in the audience? <laughs> yeah, okay, because well, I, I need. I, I won't be able to sleep if I don't. Know. Well, regardless. I, I'm for, so for Monday's show, we can see how different it is. You look like you're 12. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, I still look like him. I'm the same way. <laughs> if I shave my face, I will be a 12 year old chubby kid with two chins. 
Will Turner. That'll be me. Will Turner. Ah, there it is. Thank you. I had to look it up. I'm not going to lie. I was because, there. It was, oh, because, it was really making me mad. Because, I had to. Because then it was uh, for Elizabeth. She said mm. her name is Elizabeth Turner. It's That's like, right. You know, you best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're oh, in yeah, one. Yeah. Oh. So, all right. One final look at, at, at Kevin. Well, See, that's 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 the Will Turner look right there. Tell me it isn't. That's the Will Turner facial hair look. Well, for for Thursday show, I'll still have it. I'm I'm shaving on. Also, also oh, talking fr- about Friday. Okay, talking about a short king too, Kevin. Uh, Orlando Bloom's a short king. I don't think he's very tall. Really? So there's I a chance a for you. King. I you am. are. Oh. And Brandon, thank you. Will Turner, thank you for everyone that helped out with that assistance <laughs> of the name. It was going to drive me nuts. Oh, this show right. sucks. It does. So let's move on to uh, a little bit of the Ravens. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Orioles because I know that that's what we – we don't have a ton to talk about, right, because it's kind of this down period, but people are excited. And we have something to show you as well tonight, which that will be for the end. But, uh, hey, guys, um, Kevin, which we all saw the award ceremony, I think, last time we were on on Thursday as a group. Lamar Jackson won the MVP. We all know that. Had the great moment with Joe Flacco and Lamar behind stage. Joe wins comeback player of the year. But the big talk actually was is that Lamar Jackson was one vote away from being a two-time unanimous MVP. But one person voted against it and had Lamar finish third, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin. But you had him on. You had Aaron on to Locked on Ravens to talk about it. Yeah, so I – Aaron and I talked the day after, or I guess two days after we came out on Saturday here with the show. And he was the guy who would have been the first two time MS MVP. And I mean, there are only two of them total now. It's Tom yeah. Brady and Lamar. But he's, his bracket was Josh Allen one, Dak Prescott two, and Lamar Jackson three. And so he's the creator. You know, advanced stats are everywhere in sports now. So he's the creator of the stat DVOA, which is like a, it's on a per play basis. You weigh certain things with. You know, whether it's he weighs rushing and passing the same. So he looked at his stats. And so I had him on Locked on Ravens, which is my government name. It's also the show I host. <laughs> but we we talked about he spent about 40 minutes with me. And the clip that I put out got out of a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of attention. And he pretty much said, look, he looked at these stats and he went back and looked at things like PFF grades and SIS scores. And to Aaron's credit, later in the interview, he did say, you know, he kept saying that, you know, I watched the Miami game. The Miami game was incredible. And so it wasn't all that. Yes, all that. But so I think we have the clip, but we're going to play it. But Aaron talked about, you know, I just asked him straight up, why wasn't Lamar from a general sense or MVP? And, you know, he had had some interesting things to say about it. Let's roll the clip. Was Lamar Jackson not your pick for MVP this season? Uh, The irony here, of course, is that I've been driving the Baltimore bandwagon for the entire season as far as Baltimore as a team, and we'll get to that, I think, in a little bit. But when it came to individual stats, starting with DVOA, okay, Lamar Jackson did not perform as well as some other quarterbacks this year, and it's not that it was close, okay? It wasn't like it was Brock Purdy and Josh Allen and Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson were all in a little tight little bind uh, and they were all close to each other. And it just so happened Jackson was fourth. He was fairly behind. And then I said, well, I'm not perfect. Not everything I do is perfect. Let's go look at some competing advanced stats. So I looked at PFF grades and I looked at SIS total points and I looked at EPA and I looked at win probability and I looked at ESPN QBR and every single one of these metrics had Josh Allen and Dak Prescott ahead of Lamar Jackson, okay? And sometimes other players, sometimes Brock Purdy, for example, 
but each of these metrics includes rushing. Okay, so we are looking at rushing and includes interceptions. So they are accounting for the 18 interceptions by Josh Allen, which are bad, right? Like, I mean, duh. But it accounts for all the good from all these players and the bad from these players. And every single one of these metrics put Lamar Jackson behind Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. What you're telling me is Aaron is the Brandon Staley of the media world. Because that's essentially all he, he, yeah. he didn't put any personal opinion on it. He didn't watch the games. At least it didn't look yeah. like he watched the games. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and we, we've talked about it on this channel at length that Dak Prescott didn't deserve an MVP necessarily mm-hmm. because when it came time for him to show up in the, in the games that mattered, the games that actually had good teams he was going up against, he didn't show up. Yeah. He beat up on the good teams, no problem. But the bad teams, it was, or I'm sorry, he would beat on the bad teams, no problem. But the good teams, and then when it came time to the playoffs to actually show up, he didn't. So yeah. it's like, and I know the playoffs mm-hmm. aren't taken into mm-hmm. account, but uh, when it comes to strength of schedule and the amount of teams that Lamar Jackson beat this season that were over yeah. 500 and the playoff teams that he had beat during the regular season, like it was a no brainer. And to 49 other people, it was at least. Yeah, it, it really just, it felt like, you know, even, I don't, I don't want to say it was something where they didn't want Lamar Jackson to have two unanimous MVPs and they wanted someone else to know. And I've seen that conspiracy. I, I get what he's saying. You know, everyone has the right to their opinion. I don't agree with it at all. I think that, you know, when you put all of this, this, what he was saying was a lot to like, what's the most statistical player. But that's why I said he's the Brandon Staley. Exactly. And it's like, it's that's not what the award is. It's the most valuable player. And it's who is the biggest value to their team where if you really take them off, the team is doing the worst. And that, yeah, if you took Lamar Jackson off that Ravens team. I, they are nowhere close. I, to I actually, I actually asked him that question at the very end. I said, well, you know, cause we, we got on a tangent about Justin Tucker and how valuable he is. And I said, <laughs> well, do you think that, <laughs> That Lamar Jackson, you know, if you talk about like most valuable player, do you yeah. think he is? And he said no. He said, I think he, I think he said Mahomes. And then I can't remember who he put it to. It was either Lamar or Josh Allen. I can't remember. But the all, the other thing with MVP for me is the, the sports are what have you known for me now lately? And you look at what Lamar did for the Ravens again, regular season award, right? So mm-hmm. you look at after yeah. the bye, look at the Rams. How I think that was the game of the year yeah. for the Ravens, yeah. in my opinion, a statement win leads that drive that you know should have been a game-winning drive wasn't because the rams tied it up but then you have the jaguars game you know that was essentially the doubt the not the beginning of the downfall but essentially put the jaguars on a bit of a nosedive yeah 49ers game obviously christmas night statement miami game people i don't think people remember because miami look at the final product of what how injured they were and, yeah. and kind of how vulnerable they looked in the playoffs but that was a game for the number one seed in the afc at the time and so i, I brought that up with Aaron, and he said you know well josh allen also he had that stretch to kind of lead Buffalo back in the playoffs, which is fair. I mean, Josh Allen did that, but I do think that, you know, my, my vote would have been for Lamar as well. And I think that, and I've stood on it for a while that he is the most valuable player in the league. But my thing is you look at that stretch. It's not like he was playing badly before it. He was also playing well. So I think you look at full season. Yeah. There was no drop off with Lamar. No. So I, I would put it this way. And Stand on business. So this is just where I put it. I respect everyone's opinion, whether I agree <laughs> yeah. or not. You know, that's just, I respect it. But for me, this is when I hate when you go, the metrics say. Yeah. There's this, throw out the fucking metrics at times. <laughs> and I, I, I mean that 
sincerely. It's when you have the eye test for players. That is my biggest thing. What do players say and what happens when the moments are against the best teams? The eye test showed me that Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback against the best teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, to me, where it looks at. You look down his stretch of the final games. You mentioned, Kevin, if we're going to go stats, we're going to go by some metrics. Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns, one interception against the Rams, ran for 70 yards. Jacksonville threw for 171 yards, ran for 97. San Francisco, two touchdowns, thrown 252 passing yards, five touchdowns against Miami. And by the way, the other team in the NFC Championship game, the Detroit Lions early in the season, Lamar Jackson, four total touchdowns, uh, almost a perfect passer rating. So the teams that we're bringing up, and yes, Lamar had some tough games against the Browns, one of the best teams in the league. He also had a very dominant game against the Browns in Cleveland. Yep. Lamar Jackson, to me, when you're just looking at the metrics and the eye test, did he pass the test? And that's when you look at it and go, damn, if you watch the game, you go, he was the best player on the field that day. And I think it even goes, you take it to another level with the fact that, you know, in terms of total passing yards and total pad, there was a whole big deal made about that and how he, quote unquote, didn't have enough of either of those. He had 24 passing touchdowns and however many passing yards. But Lamar is one of the only players in the league where he can have 155 passing yards and the Ravens can win by 20 or 30 points. This is the efficiency. It is. And you know, look, he we can say he had a great defense this year behind him, but the defense is not the only reason why the Ravens were right. as good as they were in the regular season. We can acknowledge both things. Lamar was awesome this year and was my pick for MVP, and the Ravens' defense was also awesome. I don't think we have to tear down one because the other was good. You no, know? And, right. and again, it's and this is like the eye test when we're looking at other good players. I just, exactly let you finish yeah. the thought. You know, that's why with Patrick Mahomes, despite everything that happened, eye test for me, that's a guy that I know in the biggest moments, that dude's going to play. He's going to show up. It might not show all the time, but eye test. Mahomes watches it. If you watch, I saw something come up from the Super Bowls in the past, and even though they got smacked by the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, defensive players being like, what the hell is Mahomes doing? He's a magician. He's unbelievable. Like, your peers say it all for me. Your opponents say it all. Yeah. And so – in my mind, of looking at that, Lamar Jackson earned that right. And arguably, if Lamar didn't get hurt in the previous years, we might be looking at Lamar getting his third MVP. Yeah, maybe even a fourth. Yeah. There's so, definitely a lot of talk of that. Even last year, he was on a tra trajectory to, to the MVP last yeah. year before he got injured. So each year that he's finished healthy, actually, besides his rookie year, actually the two years he finished healthy, not his rookie year, he won the MVP. Yeah. Yep. You put, it, put it that way. Zach, final thoughts. I think you guys put it perfectly. You when you look at the eye test, there was one player that stood out far more than any other player. And I think 49 voters got it right. And that's a simple way to put it. Oh, yeah. that's you guys. And hey, guys, if you're, <laughs> if you're new to the Ryan Ripken Show here, we do this every Monday and Thursday. Hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, we got a lot going on. We're going to continue to talk football throughout the year. But baseball is coming around, and we are going to dive into a lot of baseball. But before we dive into baseball tonight, we're going to talk on one more subject with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson because it just feels like – that Lamar, the criticism, the, the drum's only going to beat louder because of what Patrick Mahomes is doing, right? Everyone compares to what Patrick Mahomes is doing, that they tear down, Kevin, that you're saying, they tear down other players. Mm -hmm. Shannon Sharp, after Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, was on Nightcap speaking on Lamar Jackson's success in the regular season, but really the failures are starting to speak more volumes for his career in the postseason. So let's play that clip real quick. Second MVP, yep. But at what point in time do we start holding him accountable and says that's underachieving? Ooh. You got the best, you had the best defense, 
you had the best off you had the best rushing attack you had the best set of receivers mm -hmm. that you've had since you've been in baltimore and you were one vote i don't know who that was that took that vote away from you because you was about, he was one way vote away ocho from right. being a two-time unanimous mvp mm -hmm. and he had the afc championship game and he had the guy because the one thing we know about uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes, he's a big game hunter. Yeah. Some people, me, I'm a shore fisherman. Right. I stand on the bank, throw my rod out there, mm -hmm. I catch the little fish. I ain't, right. hey, I can't catch no tuna. Mm -hmm. I can't catch no marlin. Right. Patrick Mahomes is a big game hunter. He's going hunting for Cape Buffalo. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. He ain't going pheasant hunting. Right. Right now, a lot of these guys doing pheasant hunting and quail hunting and dove mm -hmm. hunting right. and calling it big game. Nah, Patrick Mahomes got pelts on his walls. <laughs> and I know Peter don't want to hear me talk about that, but right. y'all at home, y'all get an understanding of what I'm talking about. Now, at some point in time, Ocho, it ain't enough. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, he's going to have to catch the MVP right. and right. turn him into Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. Because you keep it. Well, he only 26. Mahomes is only 20. How old is Patrick Mahomes? 27? 29. 29, huh? right? You're 28. And that's it? 28. Imagine, what if he played all the way to 45 like Brady? No, nah, he Okay, so uh, I, under I, I agree with the fact of I, I, there was a lot of hunting terminologies there, which yeah. a yeah, lot that of was the dumbest <laughs> analogies I think I've heard in a while. Well, so like Pheas Pheasant hunting. And you know what? Haven't done that either. I, I'm I, I'm not a uh, I, I don't really hunt. That's not my yeah. thing. It's not my that's not my bad. Well, he's, we want, he started with fishing and then he went over to hunting. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It, it was it was, and that's where I kind of got lost. But what I <laughs> but before that, he made a good point about being a big game player. No doubt about it. Patrick Mahomes is a big game player. But again, yeah. this narrative of quarterbacks being compared, and I get it. Lamar Jackson. People are going to look at his postseason record, but mm -hmm. when you look at every other quarterback. The only one that's had success outside of Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady now being gone has has been Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like if you're to yeah. look at it that way, so that's my argument, Zach. To go with this, I think that it's unfair, especially seeing how young Lamar is. Yes, could he play better? Absolutely, but there are other factors, and also Patrick Mahomes is is the best quarterback right now in this generation, yeah. and that's and that's deservedly so. Yeah, I mean, we're we're having a conversation. Well, at least Shannon and Ocho are about if Lamar, you know, should he be up with these other players and the players that they are trying to put Lamar in this thing? Of, and you know, Josh Allen has zero MVPs and zero Super Bowls. Joe Burrow has zero MVPs and zero Super Bowls, and yet with them, it's not an issue. It's not. It's oh no, they're going to get there. Oh no, they'll get it eventually. They're they're still the top echelon. Lamar Jackson has two MVPs, 99 out of 100 first place votes, but it's not enough. It people are more upset that he wins MVPs and fails in the off in the uh, postseason than they are at these guys that don't win MVPs and fails. And for some reason, it's those guys are seen as better and that they've done more than Lamar, even though they have nothing to show for it. No awards or anything aaron Rodgers has four mvps is that right yeah one super bowl mm -hmm. nobody nobody bats an eye nope well and they well they aren't right now they're saying about how the greatness of them but when they were losing games people were getting on them but like aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback right like it's yeah. and i think that's where the part that people get by and here's just a little stat we mentioned it last time on the show on thursday the last 10 years of super bowl 
winning quarterbacks. We want to go through that list. We got Patrick Mahomes, obviously. You got uh, Nick Foles, who, you know, hell of a run by the Eagles. Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, led by that Denver defense. Mm. And then Matt Stafford. That's the list right now of quarterbacks that have won in the last 10 seasons. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the reality of it. And that was yeah. the end of the dynasty of the Patriots. But in that list, you guys are right. It's Lamar Jackson of the quarterbacks outside of Patrick Mahomes. And I'll give it to Joe Burrow. We don't have to like the Bengals. You got to respect the guy is calm, cool, and collected in the postseason. But Lamar Jackson accolades wise, no one since Mahomes came into the no. league has done what he's done so far. It's just, it's crazy that Lamar has to get two MVPs to get put into a conversation with two players that have zero MVPs in those Super Bowls. And I would understand if Burrow had won the Super Bowl. I'd understand if Allen had won a Super Bowl where, yeah, yeah MVPs versus Super Bowl, because I agree. Super Bowl is way more valuable to an MVP. And I bet you Lamar feels the exact same way. But it's just crazy that Lamar Jackson, after he wins his second MVP, the headlines are, is it time that we should finally start putting Lamar Jackson in the category with Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow? And it's like, I think you should be seeing if other players are on the same level as Lamar because he's got two first-team All-Pros and two MVPs. So, yeah, in the postseason, it's not been there. And he's going to be the first to say it, and he has come up short. But it's ridiculous that, you know, this media has made it oh, now that he has two MVPs, we can mention him with these guys. And it's like he should have the whole time. And it yeah. goes with uh, there was a clip from Joy Taylor about it was essentially she was complimenting Lamar. She was doing a bunch and she was saying Lamar's year was incredible. He has two MVPs and saying he's he solidified for the Hall of Fame with the two MVPs. But in this, she said, now we mentioned Pasha Mahomes, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. We have to mention Lamar Jackson. And admittedly, I hadn't well, I haven't watched the clip in full. So I don't want to you know, put words or tone in Joy's mouth or anything. But again, I agree with Zach where Joe Burrow and, and Josh Allen, Joe's been to the Super Bowl, obviously didn't win it. But Josh Allen has not been there. He has not won an MVP. If you talk about playoff record and playoff stats, I mean, sure, we can admit that Lamar hasn't. Lived yeah. up to those moments, and I think that's okay to admit. Yeah, some of that's coaching. We didn't right, see any rushing right. in the AFC Championship game. Exactly, year. but that, but that's okay. Also, by the way, to go like you know what he didn't play well. Okay, and, and that's fine. It's the same thing. Even with when people talk about Josh Allen, him not winning uh, MVPs for me. So Josh Allen's still one of the best quarterbacks, and that's yeah. cool. I think that's the part. Just the conversation just needs to be, hey, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, what they're doing is ridiculous. And whether or not that's because the other guys need to elevate their game or whatever it may be, no other team is is really breaking through the Chiefs minus Joe Burrow once yeah. and Tom Brady. Other than that, the list the list is Patrick Mahomes. That's it in the AFC. So great quarterbacks, great talented players. And I think that needs to be more of the discussion. But as Lamar gets to his 30s and he hasn't been to a Super Bowl and there is more struggles – then you could have more of a conversation, especially if other players and teams get to that place yeah. where they're trying to go. But until then, I don't think it's fair to say that. Until Buffalo goes, until I don't even know, until the, the Chargers go, until another team goes, we got to sit sit back and relax and just enjoy, man. These quarterbacks are good. I'd be very curious if if Peyton Manning, because obviously that's been the the comparison mm -hmm. people have made. I, I'd be very curious if Peyton Manning, his career was brought up to now in the social media age and just yeah. kind of what the discourse would be around Peyton. And he he got flack back then too. Like I'm yeah. not saying he didn't, but I'm just very curious of what it would have been because I think with 
everything that's going on with Lamar and the lack of playoff success. This is not the first time we've seen a great quarterback not win a Super Bowl and, you know, have three rings by the time he's 28, right? right. Obviously, with Brady and Mahomes, we've been very spoiled. And, of course, Patriots fans and Chiefs fan has. But I think because we've seen it essentially back-to-back, it's all of a sudden, oh, well, that now has to be the norm for everybody or else you're not good and you can't win in the playoffs. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's not fair when you have two greats like that. Yeah. I'm not saying Lamar. Look, we have to admit Mahomes is the best in yeah. the league, right? 100. There's no question. But to say to all of a sudden discount everything Lamar's done just because Mahomes has been that good in his career yeah. just doesn't sit right with me. Yep. yep. And there's a lot of a hey, really good players. Mahomes has the best start to his career than any quarterback has in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, best even start. even even great players are going to look like they have more flaws than they do when you compare them to one of the greatest players to ever do it. Yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Mahomes, like we're saying. He just goes out there and we haven't, besides Brady, really seen something like this. So, you know, we talk about it all the time with the guys like Baker Mayfield and stuff. It has had a lasting effect. If guys aren't winning Super Bowls in their first five years, it's like, okay, can we even have this guy? And then, like we said, what you just pointed out, there are like five guys in the league who have started and won a Super Bowl. Right. And it, we act like you need to every year. And that goes back to even, Brad, what you were talking about last show with how you build a roster around a quarterback. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what everybody feels they have to do now is get a star quarterback on a rookie deal, mm-hmm. pick him in the first round, have that fifth year option. There is your there is your initial window. Yep. There's your five years. Build the best team you can around them. And that's how you do it. We've seen a lot of teams do it nowadays. And I think that's kind of the model everyone's looking for. And if you don't do that, it it leaves a huge blemish on that quarterback career, which I don't think is fair to them because look, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's, it's, it's essentially what it is. Again, if we were to look at it, actually other teams, if you're not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes right now, you, everyone looks down upon you. And Lamar <laughs> Jackson's in that conversation where they're like, well, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes could go down as the two best quarterbacks that ever play the position, but there are some damn good ones. And we still have a good belief that Lamar Jackson is going to be there. And for a few things, Steven, you're right. Hopefully 2024 is the year for Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. We are hoping that's the case. And uh, Kyle Shannon, on the last side, we're going to wrap this up because we need to talk about some baseball. But you know what's funny? The Chiefs have a minus differential in the first three quarters. They're plus 30, I think, in the fourth quarter. Two of those are against uh, the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shannon. Yeah. Woof. Tough for Shannon and two, last, of the, two of those losses being in overtime. Yeah. Was it you that put it up on Twitter? Last three Super Bowl appearances by the 49ers. It's just been yeah, been, been tough cow. Yeah, they've lost to the Chiefs and the Ravens. So, And those are just, some really tough losses. I mean, when you're facing two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever set foot on earth. They were all blown leads too, by the way. <laughs> yep. No, yeah. it wasn't. They didn't have a lead against the Ravens. Not, oh, not, no, that's right. You're right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Not been, against the Ravens, but, but against Shan- the Chiefs. all of Shanahan's. Uh, Super Bowls. That well, yeah, that's what it was. The, Fal- the, the Falcons you one. had the Falcons yeah. one. Yeah, that is correct. Well, hey, if you're new to the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. Ryan Rickman Show Mondays and Thursdays. Guys, let's pivot to baseball because this is. I love football season. I'm baseball. sad it's over. I am very sad it's over. But it's a good time also to segue into baseball season and to talk about our sponsors, Adams Jeep of Maryland, which is behind Zach. By the way, we're going to ride that Jeep for a second. Damn it! There I knew it I is. Did it wrong. I knew the second there I went is. for it. There it is, riding that Jeep for a minute. So. That is, uh, that's pretty impressive right there. You're a good kid. Uh, Adam, oh, hey there. Oh, we're trying to, don't, don't, don't look behind me. Don't pay attention to the man to behind the screen. Perfect, perfect. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. It's like nothing ever happened. Hey, oh, Adam's Jeep of Maryland, though. It's a proud sponsor of us. We're going to have a lot more going on with them. If you need anything done with your car, service parts, you want a Jeep, 
Those things are badass. Check out Adam's Jeep. We're going to have more information with them. And um, hey, if uh, just just for our, our national viewers, you can actually order a Jeep from Adam's Jeep, correct? Yes, you can. So uh, do you have we have the uh, contact information or you can just go to Adam's Jeep, I guess. Adam's Jeep, Jeep Maryland. Com. We're going to have videos up there with all the information on there, by the way. They, I'm, I'm talking about like you want good customer service, the best. They, or, you want an Orioles Jeep, you can order yourself one, have it shipped out to you because that Orioles Jeep was badass. It's yeah. awesome, and it's still there. We're going to see more photos of that, by the way. Uh, hey, guys, um, we, we got some great people that were involved with that. Shout out also. So we got the Adams Jeep in Maryland. We got the Iron Rooster, which, by the way, I feel like every time we go there, I, I try to say I need to, like, diet after the Super Bowl. Yes. And then we get every roost tart that they made a possible yeah. and imaginable. Yeah. Uh, Iron Rooster, maybe, guys, maybe we get an event, and maybe we talk a little baseball with them. Maybe it's yeah. sound all right. Should yeah, I that? think we should do that. Good I name. think we can do that. I think we can talk about stuff with the Iron Rooster, talk a little baseball. As it's right around the corner, and we're going to spring training. We had Cedric Mullins on on Saturday to talk about a lot of things, actually, by the way. We had Nick Moore, Ravens long snapper, who actually knows Cedric as well. They grew up and played together baseball in high school. And Cedric, though, we'll, we have the full interview up if you want to watch on the YouTube channel. Way more coming from that. But the one clip we want to talk about because it's going into spring training is – the question behind Jackson Holiday, right? That's mm -hmm. the name. Is he going to break camp? Well, Cedric was extremely complimentary of Jackson Holiday's game, and he thinks his time in Baltimore is coming very soon and wouldn't be surprised if he does break with the team. Let's hear what Cedric thinks of Jackson Holiday. Kid's the real deal. I mean, you got to see him coming to spring training last year. I, I thought his maturity level was, was through the roof um, just yep. watching him. Uh, it's like you could tell he's been around baseball like clearly for all his life. It's uh, I was rehabbing in Double A, so I got to play with him for a few games, and I got to witness just how much in tune with the game he is. It's like so watching him play play short. He's got he's got that internal clock already. Like just one of those things where, and I say internal clock as in balls hit. He can tell how hard it is and how long he has to get the ball in his glove, out of his glove to first base to make sure he gets the out on basically every play. And with the athleticism that he has, which I feel like he has more athleticism to build off of. Cause I was, uh, I was, uh, I did some speed work with him and I was like, he's still young. Like he's still growing into his body and you can kind of tell that, but uh, again, still super athletic with, with, a lot of potential, so it's, it's, it's exciting. So you know what I loved about it with Cedric talking about it? And we've – you guys know how we how I felt about uh, Jackson's potential. You guys have seen oh, it. Yeah. We all feel the same. But the the thing that I want people to notice on was Cedric was talking about the game slowing down for him, the maturity level to be able to mm -hmm. understand and assess plays at a fast level but without speeding yourself up in the game. So people that don't understand that, when you're younger or sometimes as you keep moving up – Sometimes you have that moment of like, oh, shit, like I, I got to adjust because mm -hmm. things are happening faster than I'm ready to handle it. Jackson's processing it, but able to keep himself under control and make all the plays. Now he's going to grow into his body. It's going to take time. But Cedric loves what he saw mm -hmm. with Jackson, Zach. And I think Oriole fans, Cedric's been around a lot of great players yeah. and there's a lot of great ones on the Orioles. That's high, that's high praise from one of the best guys and one of the leaders on the team.
Yeah, extremely high praise. And uh, earlier in the interview, Cedric said that he would not be surprised at all if Holiday made the team out of camp. And I think that is kind of the expectation, especially with fans, is that Jackson Holiday is going to probably be the second baseman. Sorry, second baseman. Come opening day, I think Gunner stays at short for the time being. But, you know, him not being there for opening day would almost be a disappointment yeah. to a lot of fans. Yeah. And I think it is something where going into it, you know, it's not every day that you say this 19, 20 year old is going to, it's his job to beat for the second base job. And it is, I think going into it, if he, if he proves that he is what they think he is, he's going to be playing on opening day. You know what? I, I'm still pumping the brakes on that. I, I know I'm still pumping the brakes on that. I think, by every reason he can break with the opening day roster. That's not me being, oh, come on, Ryan. You're just killing the vibe. I, I get it. It's not that. <laughs> I just I'm, think if, if he plays well, and I just see it hard for them to find a reason. So That's the thing. If playing yeah. well, I think he can play well, but I think he has to be almost damn near perfect. Blow, perfect, blow the doors off in spring training where they're like, we can't keep you down. Like, and yeah. Not that for this instant, but if they have a reason or have a, an example to – not rush him, they're going to do that. I know that people are going to say, well, wait a minute, he's ready. He very well may be. But if they have some guys and they feel like they can give him a little bit more time, they will. Mm -hmm. But if Jackson goes down there and hits seven bombs and, uh, you know, is it in 500 or whatever it is, they'll be like, the dude's ready. But if he has a pedestrian Yeah, training, if he has pedestrian, I think there's especially now you have guys like, Soto and Maton that have come in other lefty bats that play second base. And you still have Arias. Yeah. So. Well, I'm thinking of more who I would think because I kind of think Arias, he should be good on the team. But I think those three, uh, Soto, Maton, and Holiday are kind of competing for that lefty infielder second base. But here, here's the other thing with Jackson Holiday. You're calling him up. You're not having him sit the majority of yeah, the games right. either. No, so people right. have to right. keep that in mind. So if Jackson's ready, he's going to be your everyday player. And the Orioles didn't do that a lot last year, right? Even no. in the beginning, Gunner played a ton of games, but they rotated. But Gunner was fixated in. Well, so hold on. Like, Is it safe to say that Jackson has, has had a better minor league career than a Gunner Henderson? Or, no. Or you don't think uh, I, I think Jackson Holiday's year was just as, as impressive as anything else. Gunnar Henderson's rise from raw power and ability. Yeah. I don't know if that's gonna that hit Gunnar Henderson's remind me of Juan Soto when he when he just hit everything and kept moving. Jackson's is, is impressive, but the age factor for me is what I'm looking at. And for Gunner, they made Gunner go back to triple A and kind of set there. Like Jackson didn't to me, they've given him a little bit of games there. Mm -hmm. And that, that's my only concern. I, I, sh I shouldn't say that. Jackson's rise was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And that was more impressive for his age than Gunner. But Gunner's peak year that, that showed him he was the number one overall prospect, that raw power and his ability, yeah. that to me was so Juan Soto-esque when I saw Soto. And for those that know, Soto went from low A to the big leagues that year. And Soto was Soto is one of the best hitters. In the game. Well, yeah. I think it's, it's it does seem like I think a lot of Orioles fans are saying, well, there's no way Jackson doesn't break with the team out of spec. Yeah. I feel like that's the expectation mm -hmm. right now. But I, I think that on the other flip side of that, it's like, well, I feel like some of the fan base's reaction will be if he gets sent down, well, oh, he's going to be down there till June or down there yeah. till. But the, I, I think, break. and I see a comment, I 
lost the stream yard for a second, but I see a comment where it's like, oh, he'll start down, we'll get caught up within a month. If, if he goes because how many at bass did he have at AAA? But was it not many? It, yeah, 50, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. 51, something like that. If he goes and in another hundred at bats, you know, hits 330, 375, whatever it is, he'll get called back up. It's just yeah. a matter of getting him experience and getting him reps down there at that level. So I don't think it's going to be a thing where if he has a perfect spring training or near perfect, he'll probably stay. He had 91 plate appearances in AAA, 75 at bats, hit 267, and like I said, you know his his uh, pure hitting, pure hitting was probably better than Gunner's. And again, at at his age, it was ridiculous because no one does what he does at his age. But that's the part of it. Not a lot of reps there. And I'm actually looking at the comparison to Gunner Henderson here, where Gunner was. That, that one year, and Gunner had the COVID year too, by the way, so he had time to kind of have to wait. But Gunner in the minors, as I'm pulling this up here, and I'm do-do-do-do-do, here it is. Gunner, when he was in Norfolk in 2022, he had 295 plate appearances, okay? Mm-hmm. And in 2021, when he got up to double A, and that was where he ended, was, um, I'm sorry, he started 2022 in double A. The next year and in 2021 he finished in double a so at the triple a level gunner henderson got 250 uh at bats 295 plate appearances so that's the only holding pattern i have holding pattern i have for that jackson holiday for his career in the minor leagues has 671 plate appearances 541 at bats in the minor leagues and i think he's a he's an mlb ready guy that is poised but do you rush a guy when you have the luxury to wait it out a little bit? His time's coming. He's going to be a star. He's going to be up there. I just don't know, Birdland, if it's going to be right in the beginning. If I'm wrong, I'd be happy about it. Great. Dude's a stud. I can't. I think you guys got my point. I'm not saying here Jackson Holiday. He- I think it's very similar to the way I look at it. It's very similar to Grayson Rodriguez last year. It was kind of seen as, okay, Grayson should make the team coming out of camp obviously Grayson a little bit different he had spent a lot more time in the minors had looked like he was coming up the year prior but then got hurt and Grayson couldn't really put it all together in spring training they send him down to uh, start the year and then immediately what it was a game four game five Kyle Bradish takes the uh, ground ball off the foot and now Grayson Rodriguez is back up so it we don't know how this is going to play out. There are so many different ways that it could play out. Who, who knows? Maybe he does start down in AAA to start the year, and then yeah. unfortunately something happens and they have to bring him up after a week or two. So, you know, there there's a lot of opportunity to go around. Yeah, and so I, I will say this, and then we'll move on. Uh, rolling with Rock, I see this. Burns for one year also makes me think they're going to put their best players forward no matter who they are, including Jackson. I, I agree. They're going to put who they think is ready, but that's that's the part of it is Jackson being a young player, he's had success at every single layer at level, and one of the things that teams want to see is when you have to deal with failure, and that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And at the major league level, that's the last part of failure. Like Grayson Rodriguez didn't have any failure until he got to the big leagues. Cedric Mullins, when he got up there, struggled, first struggle in the big leagues. Gunnar Henderson struggled a little bit in the minor leagues and struggled in the big leagues. That's a factor that's going to go into it, and you're going to have to be okay with that wave. I want Jackson Holiday to come up, and he never goes back down. That's my ultimate hope. Um, 
Should we talk a little bit about rotation and then uh, we have a little special thing yeah. and then we get out of here? What do we think? Huh? Yeah, I yeah. think hey, it's not every day we get to actually talk about this or it hasn't in a while as Oriole fans. So uh, there was a question brought up by, let me make sure I get the right one, MLB Network. And it was talking about which one of these ro AL rotations are you taking? And I think it is important to first start out with how cool it is that the Orioles are actually in this conversation because for years it was, well, there's great rotations, there's good rotations, there's bad rotations, and then there's the Orioles. And it's like each year through the year, you know, the previous tanking years, it got better and better. And then last year we saw the big jump by Kyle Bradish. We saw the big second half by Grayson Rodriguez. We saw John Means come back and look great. Dean Kramer looked great in the second half. And then you go out and get a Corbin Burns. I'll be honest, obviously a little bias here. It, it's hard for me to take another one of these, maybe the Astros, but it's hard for me to take another one of these teams over the Orioles. Right I don't now. know. The Yankees, I got, got a good rotation there. I, I I don't trust Rodon. I just can't trust Rodon right now. I, I'm, I'm with Brad, though. I, I think the Yankees rotation is going to bounce back. And Rodon is the X factor for the team. I still like the Orioles rotation healthy the most. I think it's it's nasty, but Rodon's a guy that's gone down early. Yep. When he's pitched well, he's been a top pitcher, especially he will in the American League. I just think it's one of those if he's great when you're when he's on the field, but before the one year where he pitched 180 plus innings with the Giants, I think it's he's averaging between 50 and 70 innings pitched a year because he can't stay healthy, and I just especially last year. He and Yankee fans did not get along. They were going at each other while he was walking off the dugout. He was not reacting well to the Yankee New York boos and cheers. And I I just can't, you know, Cortez, we saw struggle last year. Stroman wasn't the greatest in Chicago down the stretch. And Garrett Cole, I, obviously, is the best pitcher on this sure. page. I think that's without a doubt. It's just after Garrett Cole, I think there's a lot of could be incredible for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to health at the end of yeah. the day. Like, wh whoever's rotation stays the healthiest is probably who's going to be the best at the yeah, end of I the mean, season. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I'm still – I mean, I don't know. I, I like I like how deep this Orioles rotation just looks, though. You just see, you see it on the screen. And having Kramer as your five to me yeah. is just – I mean, I, and having Means as your four, honestly. It's just like, that, I love that. That's if mean, – and Means has a history well, right. of injuries, too. So, like, I think that they're – I don't think that – the uh, Orioles rotation is bulletproof yet. I think there's, I think there's some things that need to be proven there as well. Sure. I agree with that. I, and I think again, health is a big part of it. Seattle though, by the way, I think they always go under the radar that uh, Castillo yeah. Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Duo, that's a, that's Gilbert, probably the, maybe the best one. Too. It's really good. And because it's out in Seattle and they might not get enough attention on the names, they might not be as household names like a Burns, like a Cole, like a Verlander Gosman, really, really good staff out there. And then for the Astros, hey, Verlander, he's just finding the fountain of youth. You're like, he's yeah. just, um, he's very, very good. And, and uh, Mitchell, I see you saying, I don't follow baseball super close. He's the Texas rotation, not great. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah. And Jordan Montgomery isn't back. And, and Jacob DeGrom is not, <laughs> excuse me, healthy to start the season. So they're going to take a step back at the moment right now. But that's why these <laughs> lists of rotations are very good. And, and the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, have they were one of the best starting pitching rotations last year numbers wise yeah. but as we know they just didn't put it all together 
And um, it'll be fun, man. I can't wait to dive into stuff so much more. But I kind of want to dive into some stuff right now. Is that? Yeah, oh, cool yeah. that? oh, yeah. Let's yeah, do it. So, we'll have a little, little uh, announcement. So, announcement. Yeah, so a little bit of announcement here. Um, oh, that's you, Kevin. Uh, Ryan Rickett Show, <laughs> Mondays and Thursdays. But we got this really cool thing behind us that we've been waiting to introduce, present to the group. And we're going to have this going throughout the entire baseball season and for other sports, by the way. And uh, we're going to give the first try tonight to show you how this kind of looks. So bear with us. It might take a second. And let me see if I can get up here and figure out what the heck I'm doing here. So one moment, Zach will entertain you. Yeah, I was going to say, put this on me. Uh, I want to point out to everyone, getting this thing, you would think getting it up the steps was going to be the toughest part. (laughs) We all thought that was going to be the toughest part. This thing did not fit in an elevator. And it took... Me and Brad, first off, many people walked by. No one offered to help. As me and Brad are struggling trying to get this 85-inch screen into the uh, into the studio. So you know, I feel I feel what what it reminds me. I almost envision you and Brad. You know that show where you got to like be a shape to go through yes, the wall. I feel, I feel like you're just like contort like twister almost, right? Legitimately like contorting your body that way. That's actually a beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what that was happening because I we were sitting there and at one point I had to ride in the elevator up with the thing yeah. and not necessarily because like oh that's like I was just stuck you on the other half in, like yeah, it was like again in, yeah in the corner I mean and that took up what like the majority of the elevator oh the like, whole elevator, the whole the entire <laughs> elevator yeah it didn't fit vertical it didn't fit horizontal like we had to get it the perfect way for it to work and, uh, and yeah the, the set setting up the uh the stand was an adventure, at least when we oh, first sure. came in Everything here. Was. Can you guys hear me, by the way? Yeah, we can oh, hear. Oh, oh, should we try it? Yeah, hey, let's try to turn it around. Yeah, let's let's get it. Do 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 do. All right, do, drum do, do. roll. Wait, wait. Drum you can up. hit a drum roll. We can uh, literally. All right. Well, it's, it's ruined really now. Do. All, right, all right, let's get this thing pumping. So we got this giant new screen here, by the way, and you heard how hard it was to put it in in studio. But guess what? We are going to break down plays a lot more than you ever could have imagined, even things that don't matter at all. So let's actually start with this. This is the fun part of it. It has so much more. But I want to talk about Gunnar Henderson because, quite frankly, why not talk about Gunnar Henderson? We talked about how great he is. Is this better right there? Boom. We're working on it, guys. All right, so first off, this is when I knew that Gunnar was back to the example of this, by the way. Let's start over. The example of this is, where Gunner really turned it on. Gunner's strength really comes from the opposite field. That's where his bread and butter is. And early in the season, you're gonna, I'm going to show some examples where Gunner not necessarily was feeling himself. But as you'll see the progression of these videos, Gunner got better and better and ultimately is a big reason why he became one of the best players in the American League and Major League Baseball. And then on top of it, he also is proving why he will be an MVP, MVP candidate for this season. Can I back up a little bit for a second, Brad, so we can get this? All right. This first video here, by the way, this is Gunner, uh, a pitch that he likes to drive. And I know it's 5 nothing game, but nobody on, two outs. And uh, this is early in the season, by the way. So if you watch this, we're going to freeze it for a second. Whammy. That's a very good pitch to hit. And that's Gunner's sweet spot. And actually, you might think secondly when we talk about it more. But that's number one. Let's go to number two here. Do, 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 do. It takes me a second. And we and this is why we're working out these issues here. So, and it's fun. This is one specifically that had me. I remember watching this game as a day game in Detroit early in the season. And Gunner 
This is a tough pitch. It's a pitcher's pitch. But again, the reason why, and you'll see it down the stretch, Gunner takes that pitch, right? And if we rewind it one more time, Gunner Henderson, right there, man. And he's going to sit there, and he's probably going to go, man, that kind of felt like it was a little bit further off the plate, right? But to be honest, Gunner's momentum for me, he kind of felt like he was pulling off the baseball a little bit. And that's his strength, okay? So when Gunner is able to be on, that's where hitters or pitchers don't know how to deal with him. So you see those two examples, right? This is where the moment for Gunnar Henderson changed for the season. So you saw those two pitches. Those pitches are strikes. Those are pitchers' pitches for the most part. At least one of them is. The game in Milwaukee is the one I'm specifically talk about, talking about. And let's pull this one up here. All right. Milwaukee Brewers, they're down one run, two outs in the eighth inning. And Gunnar Henderson comes up with the biggest swing of the game. And after this is really where Gunnar started to turn it on. All right, so you can back it up for a second, Brad. Ready? So right here, I'm going to freeze it. That pitch right there, if we're going to look at this, that's a good six inches off the plate. That's six, eight inches off the plate. But you saw before that Gunner's taking those pitches away, and that's somewhat of a problem, right? But the reason why Gunner is so explosive on this is because he does this. That's a 93-mile-an-hour pitch off the plate, and only maybe 10 players in maybe can hit the ball to the opposite field like he can. And that was a monumental part of the game. Again, if you want to look at the context of the game, 3-2, no outs, first pitch swinging. And sometimes when you're a little bit hesitant, that's why I was bringing up the point of Gunner taking pitches right here, is because when you're not feeling yourself, you're not going to be as aggressive. When you're feeling good and you're feeling frisky, you let it eat and you let it eat early and often. Then what's Gunner do? He lets it eat. And it doesn't matter if the pitch is off the plate because when you're that talented, you let your skills take over. Gunnar Henderson's skills take over. You think that that's impressive. He faced the Mets. And this one, to me, I don't know how the hell he hit this ball. Okay? Mets, pitch away, freeze it. Oh, we didn't freeze it in time. Ready? Freeze. Do you understand how ridiculous this is? That pitch is even in the other batter's box. But for Gunnar Henderson, when you're able to stay on the ball long enough, Every pitcher is going to curse you out with every word in the book when you do shit like this. And for Gunnar Henderson, this is the part later in the season where he just became so unstoppable as a hitter because you couldn't beat him in, and then you definitely couldn't beat him away. And again, I'm, I'm prefacing. That's a change-up away. That's a pitcher's pitch, 0-2 count, and Gunnar Henderson sticks his ass out, hey, how you doing, and base hit. And the, and the pitcher's probably sitting there going – what the hell? How do I get you out? How do I get you out? And then he just turns it into a double. Yeah. Yep. And and that's that's what Gunnar Henderson can do. We'll do one more here, and we'll stop it. This one to me is also impressive. You're facing one of the best pitchers in the game. You saw him on that list, Kevin Gosman, by the way. How about this? 1-0 pitch, Gunnar not flinching at all. Fastball down and away. And see this location right here. That's a two-seamer. Gosman's ball runs, and it runs like a – you know what? So when it goes down there, you got to go with it. And what's Gunner do? He shoots that puppy the other way. And that ball is torched. And that's what I try to tell people why this kid is so special is because some hitters really don't like going the other way. Mm -hmm. Gunner Henderson, it's not a uh, maybe I'll hit a couple balls the other way. It's I'm going to absolutely torch balls the other way. And that's something that you can't teach to a lot of players. A lot of people like to hit the ball poolside or if they're, you know, right center, left center, depending on if you're righty or lefty. 
Gunnar Henderson is unstoppable when he can do things like this. And this is one of the best pitchers in the game. Cy Young candidate, Kevin Gosman. This is what's going to make him special. Jackson Holiday has that in him too, by the way. Jackson will hit the ball wherever you want. But if you see the authority that Gunnar is driving the baseball, and if you look at how much he's staying on the baseball, if he does this again this year, Gunnar Henderson's going to hit towards 300, and Gunnar Henderson's probably going to be the MVP of the league. That is my opinion. He is that dynamic. And the fun thing is, and I appreciate you guys sticking with me on this, we have so much more of these videos to come, by the way. And the last one, just for fun, I'll pull it up. And then we're getting out of here. Again, another guy, this is Kirby, one of the best pitchers in the league for the Seattle Mariners. Fastball away, 98 miles an hour, by the way. Again, what do you want to do? Perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. But guess what? Gunner can be a perfect hitter. Nothing you can do about that. Gunner has another extra base hit. And this is what just makes him so special is that no pitcher, even when they do their strength against your strength, Gunner is proving that he can win it more times than not. And then he's hitting with, what was it, the, the Sprinklers Act? Yeah. So I, we're going to get better at this. We have, the, we have the, the lavalier on. I'm trying to look at my computer. There's so much more that needs to go on to it. But this is why Gunner Henderson is going to be a force to reckon with. And this is why I still think, as much as I love Jackson Holiday, and I'm excited to see what he can do, this guy right here, Jackson Holiday, or – this guy right here, Gunnar Henderson, this guy is going to be the next great. He's going to be in Baltimore for a while, and I will not be surprised if he has another. He will be the next person that has a statue here outside of Camden Yards. All oh, right. I love that. You like that? Print that. Pin that. That's all we got for Put the Put it on Boom. We got that. All right, guys. I appreciate everything. Uh, I'm going to hit this. We'll move the camera around. We're getting back. Oh, I'm entertaining again. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, so uh, thank you all for uh, – watching that that was a uh, pretty fun what was, your, what was your favorite super bowl commercial what was the one that i didn't i didn't honestly pay much attention to super bowl commercials this year like you just like you got up during the commercials and didn't well i just watch. feel like i was talking to people and then like there were a few like obviously like, we mentioned a lot of them like the dunkin donuts the uh paramount like there were some big ones that everyone like said about but but there was the one that the birds one with the with the ravens that one and the was Eagles. weird that one was weird <laughs> like flying like flying yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. Like, it was this, funny, this CGI, but I did so. not. I did not like that at all. All right. So and we appreciate you. We're going to get way better with doing this, but we wanted to show you what we have in store for the season. And that's just for talking about baseball for a little bit of an extent. We're going to talk about so much more, and I'm even going to have more tutorials, details on things that I've even noticed. But even other sports-wise, we have some football friends. Can you imagine what we do with that, Brad, in this economy oh, back yeah. then? Oh, yeah, this economy. Football. Cannot wait. So uh, it's going to be fun. And then Zach's even going to go up there and, and yes. Lord, Lord knows what happens when Zach gets up there. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever there's going to be a funny baseball brawl, I'll be breaking it down up there. Don't For you sure. worry. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, let's get out of here now. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. It's the Ryan Ripken Show. We do it every Monday and Thursday. We can't wait for this baseball season. I have so much content. You have no idea. But we are not going to shy away from the other sports. Obviously, football is going to be around. We're going to have March Madness and college basketball, which I know we haven't talked about. But that is one of the most chaotic times. It is going to be a perfect time for sports. And especially if you're a Baltimore sports fan, it is going to be electrifying. All right. That is it. We will be back. Joe Rocco will be back. He hasn't been fired. No, no, he's just busy. God. He's just busy. He's working. We on should it. fire him <laughs> for drama. Like fucking prank I don't him. know if you're the one to make that. <laughs> we just prank him, Rocco. Be like you're fired. coming to my office.
yeah, 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 yeah. You should yeah, do yeah. the Jamal Adams video where like he. Oh yeah. And I know you know you say like he yeah the key pulls, card yeah, yeah card they cut me out. already <laughs> year two they cut me already. <laughs> close the door. Don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, maybe we'll talk more about college basketball in the future as well. I saw the tournament pool, but uh, Rocco will be back. We will be back on Monday or today's Monday. We'll be back on Thursday. My my brain's everywhere. But guys, we appreciate you. Hit that like and subscribe button. We have a discord channel if you want to chat with us outside of here. But we also are on podcast form, Apple, Spotify. We're working on other ones. So check us out there. Have any questions? You let us know. You can find us at Own the Chaos at Kevin Ostriker 34. Right. That's all right. Zach Bollinger, well, chaos 18. Striker, yes. Yep. Boom. <laughs> what did I'm, I say? Kevin, Chaos Striker 34. What? I'm on the chaos. Oh, on no, the chaos, yeah. but he's Chaos Striker. Yes. Oh, oh Chaos Striker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, the- and I'm simple. I'm just at Ryan Ripkin. Uh, we appreciate everyone you. Oh, gosh. Brain is scrambled. <laughs> we appreciate every one of you. And as always, have a day, have a night, and we will see you next time for another edition of the Ryan Ripkin Show.